do you know what that sound means? It is Dr. Stephen Green here. Make the Great Podcast, another episode. Parents, entrepreneurs, perk up. We're here to give you actions to accelerate you on your journey to success. That's the plan. And it's going to happen. I have an international guest today. Those of you who are fans of the podcast know I enjoy having guests on. And I, anybody I bring on here has got something important to say. So get out your pens, your pencils, tablets, whoever you're going to take notes or just listen real good. Because we're going to give you some great information. My guest is Matthew Ayola. He is a freelance, Matthew, I guess that's your like Instagram handle or something. We'll get into that. He is a freelance copywriter. Focuses on working with businesses in the health, wellness, and sports niche. And to encourage them and their audience to generate leads and land clients. It's important if you're in business. One of my favorite things, or one of his favorite things, sorry, about being a health copywriter is being able to share accurate and actionable information in the midst of the poor and dishonest fitness advice that's being spread around. Raise your hand out there if you think being healthy is important. Yeah, health is your biggest wealth, right? Matthew has a colorful background. He's worked as a physical therapist, a personal trainer, a business development manager, and now he's combining all of these valuable skills into his role as a copywriter. Interesting. Matthew is from Nigeria. Great. Hey, Matthew, how are you doing? Say hello. Hi, everyone. Um, Steven, I'm very, very good. Thank you very much. Great to have you. So you're born and raised in Nigeria, and he's grown up in a developing country. He's had to grab opportunities as they come. Pay the bills, survive and thrive. He's learned the value of building relationships, helping and receiving help from people. Last thing about Matt. He is, loves to exercise, encourages others to do the same, go for a walk, training for a marathon. That's a little different there. I'm breaking a personal record at the gym. He likes puzzles and the Marvel Universe. My kids like Marvel. I don't quite follow it enough <laughs> to do it, but uh, it's all good. So listen, Matthew, tell uh, is there anything you want to add to all that? It's a, it's a great bio. I mean, you, you're um, kind of a young guy still, so you've accomplished a lot in your life. Uh, tell me about the marathon. Have you run a marathon? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's actually a half marathon. Um, wow. And it sort of, yeah, it sort of came around with me just trying to challenge myself. I decided to set the goal early in the year when everyone was creating their own New Year resolutions. And I personally, I prefer to just set goals and, you know, set out to achieve them. I don't like to make resolutions. But I just thought I'd just take a stab at it and say, okay. Before the year runs out, I'm going to train and run for a half marathon, which I did a couple of weeks ago. And um, wow. it was very, very exciting. Yeah, the training was very fun. It was exhausting, but it was a lot of fun. And yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it. For those of you uninitiated to the long distance running world, a half marathon is 13.1 miles. I am going to guess that's about 20 kilometers. Matthew, correct me if I'm wrong. Pretty far. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty far. It's pretty pretty far. So you're not going to do that in five minutes, that's for sure. What, about an hour, fifteen minutes? How long does it take you to run that? Oh no, it took me close to three hours. Three hours? Oh, mm -hmm. dang! I have trouble watching a football game for three hours, letting them run it for that long. Yeah. Well, good for you. But but you know what? This is a testament to one very important lesson right off the bat. Here, you make a goal, you make a plan, you get a strategy to achieve the goal, and you you go for it, right? And as you said, it was yeah. tiring. I imagine every once in a while, there might've been a minute where you felt, Hey, I don't feel like doing this today. What, what kept you going? 
And how long, uh, let me back up. How long did you train for this? And what kept you going in the days that uh, you, you maybe weren't feeling it? Yeah, so um, I trained for it for 12 weeks. Um, okay. They were very interesting 12 weeks. And what kept me going was, so at that time, I was having a lot of challenges with um, some of my work stuff or my personal life. I had a lot of stuff going on. And whenever mm-hmm. I have stuff going on like that, I always try to I adopt this strategy that I call stay winning. So basically, if one aspect of my life isn't going so well, I try to make sure that a different aspect is going you know, excellently. So then I feel like I'm making some sort of progress and everything is in a mess. So what really kept me going was just reminding myself that this is a good achievement for me. And it was really a good distraction from all the other things I was having to deal with, you know. And when you run um, a distance you've never run before, you get that confidence boost and you get all those endorphins flowing in your system and you really feel good. So it was really good for me to be able to cope in that time, you know. So had you been a a distance runner before this? Obviously, you've exercised. Obviously, fitness is is, is not a foreign idea to you. But had you been a distance runner at all? I mean, at least in America, we hear about Kenyans and Ethiopians, you know, they're all, that's like their national sport is running all day. And they're really good at it. Um, I'm not sure I've heard of Nigeria as being a hotbed of distance running, but maybe I am not as plugged in. But had had this been something you've done before? Like, did you run a a 5K or something? Or was this just a new, you know, shoot for the top of the mountain and see how high you can get sort of thing? No. um, So I, I love to run, actually. I love, love to run. It's one of my favorite forms of cardio. So the longest distance I'd ever run before then was seven miles. So yeah, seven miles was my my top distance. I usually run six miles every every weekend. Oh. And I might do three or four miles during the week, you know, just to keep myself in good shape, you know, nothing too serious. So hmm. you doubled up. Completely... You doubled up. Yeah. Six yeah, exactly. to seven to thirteen. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Did you do this all by yourself? Did you have a team of people you were working with? Do you have other people you're training with? Or was this a completely solo effort? It was completely solo. And it was actually very difficult because where I stay, um, the road isn't the best, you know. So it was very difficult for me to find a path that would make up the distance I was going for, you know. Mm-hmm. So I had to cut corners and look for different paths. And that's probably part of why my time was so slow. It's also because I'm mm. a very fast runner. You know, I just enjoyed the sport, you know. So, yeah, mm. it was a personal thing. And there were a lot of physical and mental obstacles to overcome to actually get to that point where I can say I've made it 13 miles. Well, you know what? That's really a, a good segue. And it's a good metaphor for business, right? And, and it's a good metaphor for academics. It, it, you're fooling yourself. If you go into business or you're a student and you think everything's going to be smooth sailing all the way, right? Mm-hmm. There's going to be days you got big challenges. There might be days you feel like quitting. There might be days, eh, it'd be days where you get very frustrated. But as long as you keep the end goal in mind, the big goal, it, you, you can you can drive yourself through it. Um, it. Is there some way you can kind of sum this up? You know, bear in mind, most of the people listening up there are parents. They got kids in school. They're trying to keep them motivated. Got a lot of entrepreneurs listening to this. They're struggling with the day to day machinations of just keeping the business going were there some specific lessons you learned along the way here like challenges yeah, that you oh, had yeah, to deal definitely. with it rattle them off let's give me give me as many as you want okay i think that the biggest one for me was just setting small goals right so the training schedule i followed it was just one more mm-hmm. mile every week you know so i might do six miles which was a very comfortable distance for me this week and the next week i would do seven miles 
And then the following week, I would backpedal. And then the next week, I would go again. So it was just about those incremental gains, you know. So when you mm. run eight miles, you can say to yourself, okay, I've done eight miles. So nine miles will not be all that difficult, you know, because it's just one extra mile. So it's just breaking it down and taking it one at a time. And this is something I use, you know, every um, in every aspect of my life. Like I was telling you earlier that I was facing some, you know, personal work, personal life challenges that, Mm-hmm. really made marathon all more important to me. So it's just about taking it one at a time, you know. Um, okay, am I having a conflict with my partner? What's the problem? Where does this stem for? And then we we'll just take it one at a time, one discussion at a time, you know, we break the problem down to smaller bits and, okay, I'm upset with you. Why? And then we'll just go from there. It's mm-hmm. completely impractical, in my opinion, to take everything on at once, you know. So it's just about breaking it down and... Yeah, I love it. The There's the, uh, it's a pretty well-known, this whole 1% gain theory, yeah. uh, which is a little bit kind of what you're directing to. We just get a little tiny bit better every day or every week over six months, a year, two years, you got a huge net gain and, yeah. and it takes a lot of patience, right? I mean, I imagine mm-hmm. there, you know, you, you had to stick with this. Um, does, does now that you've completed this goal, What's your next goal? Now is the goal to run another one? Is the goal to run a full marathon? Is the goal to now, I don't know, bike across the Sahara? I mean, what, what do you do next? <laughs> uh, so I think my Can, can you bike goal, across the Sahara? Probably not. Probably not. Because <laughs> you ride a camel. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, like, did you just get, do you get a bigger goal now? Or do you, do you just transfer mm-hmm. the satisfaction you got here into something else? Because I want to get into your business world too in a second. Yeah. So um, I think it would be a bit of both, right? So I do hope to take on a new challenge, but this time it would be, you know, skipping, jumping rope instead of running. And I'm trying to find what would be a comfortable pace, um, you know, number of skips or amount of Hmm. time skipping every day for 30 days. And then I'll set that out probably be in November, December, just to round up the year. So that's Hmm. probably the next challenge. It's going to come up. And then I've also been able to apply the confidence I gained to my work because um, one thing I realized, another lesson I picked up is when you succeed in one area of your life, really just makes you feel better and you know more confident in taking on challenges in other areas. So that's definitely something I'm looking forward yeah, to. I, so let's, let's just repeat this for the audience. The secret, one of the secrets, little tiny goals, attainable goals, a li- push yourself a little more. You, you're already point A, now go to A plus one or A plus two get solid there. And then you go to A plus three, A plus four. These little goals become your big goal. I'm Steve Green. My guest, Matthew Ayiola, all the way from Nigeria. Uh, Our goal here to give you actions, plans, strategies you can use to accelerate you on your path to success. Matthew, let's talk about your business. So you're a copywriter, among other things. Uh, what would be, give me an example of, of, a, of a client you might be interacting with or, or a, a recent or current uh, job you're working on. D- d- describe what your sort of day is like. Okay. Um, well, I think those are two completely different questions. But I'll just right, give so you an start example. with the client. Who, who's, your, yeah. who's your target audience here? My target audience is anyone who's working in the health, fitness, and wellness niche. So okay. ideally... I would love to write content directed towards people who are trying to achieve some sort of physical or mental goal, right? You're trying to get in shape. You're trying to, you know, um, maybe overcome depression. You know, you're trying to tackle some mental health challenges. You're trying to lose weight. You're trying to build muscle, that kind of thing. Because it's something that I have a very strong background in and is 
a field I really love to work with. So my ideal client would be someone who works with those people. Um, I just recently completed a contract with a client who is a kinesiologist. And so she has relationships with other medical practitioners and then they refer clients to her who needs her services. But she's also looking to gain clients online and you know expand her business. So what I'm doing for her right now is running a, an email campaign. So we would send mm-hmm. emails to prospective clients, tell them what she does and what she can, you know, what the clients can gain from them. So that's basically a snapshot of who my ideal client would be. Have you ever thought about doing a podcast? I mean, just, yeah. just random thought, because what you're trying to communicate, I think could be very, it'd be an excellent media for you. Cause you're, you know, you're well-spoken. I think you've got some great ideas. Uh, think about it. Think about it. Podcast, not always cracked up to be. Sometimes this podcast is hard work. Yeah. But it's worth yeah. it. Um, so you've been through a few uh, stages of your career, right? You, you mentioned uh, you were a physical therapist, which in most cases is a pretty good, you know, good job for most people. Uh, yeah. You were also, where's my notes here? Uh, your physical therapist, personal trainer, business yeah. development manager. Why, why did you keep moving through these things? Why is it just you like what you're doing better now or you? You didn't like what you were doing before. What, what, what drove you through this process? Yeah, you know, um, so I, I get this question a lot. And at first glance, it seems like I'm very inconsistent, right? I'm always switching careers. It's almost like I don't spend too much time in any particular path to love it before moving on. But mm-hmm. at that time, it was really just me about, some of them were about me surviving and trying to find the best opportunity for myself. And other okay. times it was chasing my passion, you know, so... I started off as a physical therapist and that's because I studied physical therapy in the university because I, I love the human body. I love understanding how it works and I would love to help people achieve their physical goals. But like you mentioned earlier, I'm from Nigeria, right? And Nigeria is a developing country and some of the things here don't work as well as we wish they would. So one of mm. the things that really um, ticked me off was that many patients don't actually seek out a physical therapist until it's almost too late, right? So you might have a stroke patient, somebody who had stroke five, 10 years ago, and they're only now coming to a physical therapist. And at this point, there are so many complications that there's only so much you can do in a rehabilitation clinic in a developing country, right? So mm. most of the time you have these patients coming in, you know, re- regular in regular appointments, and there isn't so much you can do for them. All you're trying to do is make sure that the condition doesn't worsen. And that just wasn't good enough for me because I just couldn't stand to look at them every day and know that these people are sick and even though they keep coming i will never be able to do anything to make them better you know mm. so if you couple that with the fact that there aren't so many opportunities for people in my you know in my field i decided that maybe it was time to look into something else mm. so yeah so after i completed um so i was doing internship with a hospital which is kind of like part of my program so after that i decided to see what else was out there and i love meeting people you know i love networking and hearing people's stories and seeing how I can help them. So naturally, I was having a conversation with somebody who happened to run a brand and consulting firm. That's how I got into business development because um, he saw that I had a very good relationship with people and he thought I might be able to bring something valuable to his company. And it was right. You know, I tried to develop relationships, talk to people about what we could do for them. And I worked there for about a year. But then I had to move on because I wasn't getting paid enough to actually pay my bills. Because at this time, I had started writing. So I was actually writing for clients to make ends meet. So 
the pay I was getting at the brand and consulting firm as a business developer wasn't actually enough to pay my bills. I had to get, you know, clients to supplement my income and all that. So it no longer became sustainable for me. And so when I left, I decided to think about what I was passionate about. And of course, the human body and helping people physically was on top of my mind. So I thought I'd go back to my roots kind of and try out being a personal trainer. And I did that for only a couple of months. And I realized that being a personal trainer is actually a lot of work, right? It's a ton of work. Yes. Yeah. So trying to get your own client, you actually you have to actually work out with them, you know, because I want the best for them. So I want to make sure they're doing the routines the right way. They're doing it consistently. So I'm always beside them whenever they're mm-hmm. around and yeah, you don't a lot get of hurt. coming in. Yeah. So it was just hours and hours of me being on my feet, me working out with these clients, and it was just absolutely exhausting. Hmm. So again, I did some soul searching and like I said, I'm writing by this time. So I eventually came to a place where I was like, what can I do with all of this experience I've gathered? I really don't want to jump into yet another industry and then, you know, just keep piling on experiences that I may never use. And I thought that being a copywriter would be sort of a good way to combine everything I've learned so far. So I started on the path. I got a job with an agency in Ukraine. So I was a contract writer for them. And then after a while, I left and then I started using all the marketing skills I gained, plus all the things I know about health and fitness to just start my own business and help clients whatever way I can. Let me tell you a quick story. Uh, and I, I don't, I haven't talked about this much on the podcast, but let me, let me tell you how this podcast came to be. Okay. And the reason, the reason this came to my mind is because of what, basically what you just said. I, I'm real, my real, my day job, so to speak, I'm in the education and training space. I, I basically spend all day teaching somebody something, whether it's a student or an entrepreneur. And I do a lot of networking. I coordinate a lot of networking activities in some groups. Mm-hmm. Well, I originally was a big writer. I was doing a lot of blogging. I was writing two or three articles a week, six, 800 word, thousand word articles, pretty, pretty, you know, beefy stuff. I did that for years. I had uh, somewhere about 600 blogs out there, blog posts. And it, and it worked because it worked in the sense it helped me to build business because people would read the blog. Hey, this guy must know what he's talking about. It would lead to a conversation when, and then eventually they become a client. Well, um, flash forward, I wanted to, when I had an opportunity to start podcasting, I envisioned the podcast as a way to bring the blogs to life. So a lot, of, and, and to make them more interactive and, and more uh, something people can grasp, because frankly, people don't like to read as much like to listen to things, because you can listen in yeah. a car or when you're walking or running, you can't read while you're doing that. Anyway, my first, uh, when this publishes, this will be around my 133rd, 135th episode. My first, most of my first 30 or 40 podcast episodes, frankly, don't tell anybody this secret, but they were basically uh, me taking my blog posts from some cases, eight, 10 years ago and, and repurposing them into podcasts. And it wasn't that the ideas weren't new. They were still good ideas because education and training and personal development are things that really don't change that much over time. Yeah. And um, the next progression, so it went from blogging to podcasting. Now, the next thing that I'm expanding and doing more and more is live streaming, because you can combine all of these things. Live streaming can basically become a podcast. 
So one of the things I work with my clients on is exactly this process. You know, you create one thing, let's create a podcast. We can turn, turn it into a blog. We can turn it into a live stream. We can turn it actually into a video class. We can turn it into an ebook. all sorts of exciting things. You've got a lot of potential to do this as well. Um, let me ask you two questions here, one at a time. Um, what, what do you think, I'm going to say, in, in your case, you've had, you've had some challenges and you're, you're trying to overcome them, right? What yeah. would you, what advice would you give, let's say to a younger person, somebody, maybe they just graduated college, not that much younger than you, but Matthew's about half my age, by the way, maybe not even, might be a quarter of my age. <laughs> um, but uh, just as an aside, uh, so, you know, so let's say somebody's 21, 22, they're just graduating college. And they got the big world out there. As they say in the United States, the world is their oyster. Okay. I don't know if they use that term in Nigeria, but you probably have some term similar. Yeah, no, I know the thing. I know the thing. Yeah. So anyway, um, and they're, they don't know what to do. Hey, do I want to do this? Do I want to do that? Meanwhile, they got bills to pay to try and maybe get their own house or an apartment, whatever. What, what would your advice be to somebody in, in, like to keep them motivated, to get them going in the right direction so they're not spinning wheels they're not wasting time and they're not maybe going to take six, eight years to find out what they really are passionate about. Any, yeah. any advice you might give? Oh yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so I think about this question a lot and I'm always thinking it in terms of what would I want to tell my younger self, right? Who was in the same position. And my answer is something that I know my younger self might not appreciate all that well. And it's to try as many things as you're passionate about quickly because um, so it's almost like immediately you leave college, you sort of have fewer commitments and bills, but the longer you are out there in the real world, the, the more the reality catches up to you, right? I don't know if it's the same, um, you know, wherever you are, where you're listening from, but in Nigeria, when you first leave college, you know, you still have support from your parents and family members, but the longer you are out of school, the more things sort of depend on you. And then even after a while, sort of, you now have to be, the big brother to your siblings and all that. So you want mm -hmm. to get all of that out of the way and try as many things as quickly as possible, you know, just so you get a sense of what you like and what you don't like. Because the truth is, you don't really know what you like until you try it. And you, it's the same thing for what you don't like. It's until you do it for, you know, a couple of months and then you start to think, okay, this isn't where my passions lie. Mm -hmm. So I was a physical therapist for a very long time. I studied it for five years in school. Then we, I did an internship and then I got a job. And it was only until then that I realized that this may not be what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know? So it's all about trying things as quickly as possible, if you ask me. The fewer bills you have right now, the better the opportunity you have to make mistakes, learn from them, and then combine all of that experience into the next thing and then the next thing until you find something you can establish and really be good at. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Hope everybody out there is listening, but it's true. The time to try the stuff is when you got more room, I guess, in a sense, to make mistakes or more room to kind of kick the tires a little bit. Question number two. In your opinion, what is the one, you can only pick one, most important skill that you think a young person should develop as quickly as they can? Because there's a lot of skills we all need to learn. But if you can only do one, something somebody should get as good at, master as quickly as they can what would you suggest I would well, that's not an easy question maybe you want to think it's about it it's not an easy question it's not right, when, we play, little, when, when we play a little background music and you think about it <laughs> no, no 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 i have my answer i have my answer i would say okay, go ahead. 
Um, and when people say networking, you know, everybody has different ideas. But my idea of networking is you being able to build relationships with people, right? Such that they know who you are, they can recognize you. And when you walk away, they remember you. I think that mm. that's very, very important because it will give you access to so many opportunities you didn't even know existed. And also, when you build relationships with certain people, they are in a position to give you advice. And then because you have that relationship, they will be willing to give you the advice. So I'll give you an example. I met um, a lady called um, Kara Zivani. Actually, I'm not sure how her name is pronounced, but her name is Kara. And she's one of the most delightful ladies I have never met physically. We met on Zoom and we've been having mm -hmm. regular calls ever since. And she's just, she's absolutely amazing. She has given mm -hmm. me so many advice, introduced me to so many amazing people and some of the valuable people in my network right now are people I met through Kara. And hmm. the way we built the relationship is just so simple. I was just being open and telling her, you know, I admire what she do. She's the um, business development manager. And, you know, she told me what she, about she, what she does. And I told her about myself. And we just sort of struck up the, um, the conversation. So no matter um, where you are or where you're trying to go, people will always get you there. And even if you don't have the skills you're looking for, people know the skills that you need and they know where you need to go to get those skills. So being able to network with people, make friends with them, get them to see you as you really are, and you've been able to see them as they really are, I think is very crucial. I love it. I think that's awesome advice. In fact, I, in fact, uh, I, that's something that's on my list, in my top five for sure, is networking. And I practice that myself. Uh, and, and you're exactly right. You don't know who somebody's going to know. You don't know what skill set they're going to have they can help you with. Awesome. Hey, Steve Green here. I guess Matthew Aiola, uh, FreelanceMatthew.com. The podcast here, the Make Theory Podcast, we're all about giving you actions you can take to accelerate you on your path to success. I think you're getting some great, great nuggets today from Matthew. Matthew, how would somebody reach you? Somebody wanted to connect with you. Is it, is it it's freelancematthew.com, correct? Yes, that's correct. Or you can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, so my name is Matthew Iyola on LinkedIn. So my last name is I-Y-I-O-L-E. Just Google, or if you if you Google Freelance Matthew, I'm, I hope you will find me. You should be able to find my website. <laughs> <hope> so too. <laughs> <laughs> my website, my LinkedIn, uh, my Twitter, my Instagram, all of that. Yeah, okay, so, so it's, just it's, Google I, Freelance it's, Matthew. Just to be clear, it's I Y. I-O-L-A. Yeah. All right, there you go. Um, I'm going to give you the last word here. We're going to wrap up in a second. But is there anything we have not discussed or anything that's just on your mind you want to share with the audience here before we uh, wrap this up? Yeah. Um, so it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately, about how you never really get perspective of what you're going through until you're sort of out of it, right? That's when you see, okay, that wasn't as bad as I thought it would be or that it didn't last as long as I thought it would last. So whatever it is you are trying to um, face, whatever challenges you're trying to overcome, just sort of steady yourself, take a step back if you have to, and just remember that this will all be a story someday, you know. It might not feel like that now, but it's only a matter of time before it becomes a story that you tell about how you got to where, you know, you are. So just um, steady yourself, face yourself, and you're going to be fine. It's almost like we're going to laugh about this someday. Might as well laugh about it now. <laughs> well, it might not be so easy to laugh about it right now, you know. <laughs> That's just the idea. 
Well, listen, it's I, I, one thing I want to repeat. I want to repeat two things you said, because I think you gave some awesome advice. I really do. I appreciate it. And I thank you for that. One was little steps, little goals to become big goals and trying out things while you have the opportunity to, to find what you're passionate about. Um, networking. I mean, very wise man there. Matthew, I get you fancy word, sagacious, sagacious. That's a fancy SAT word. Yeah, sagacious. But uh, all right. Hey, if you liked what Matthew had to say, please reach out. Matthew is the free, sorry, freelancematthew.com. You can hit him up on LinkedIn. Matthew I Y I O L A. I'm going to, I don't know if we're connected. If we're not, I'm going to connect with you right after this. Yeah. And, um, you know, reach out. He's got some great nuggets. And listen, if you need anything written, you know, here's your guy. So especially if you're in the health world. So do Matthew a favor. You know anybody in the health world? Let's connect them. Let's put them together. Let's let's help them out. Let's give them some business. And we will roll from there. Hey, I got some awesome guests queued up. I got some cool stuff we're going to learn about in the next like six to eight weeks or probably 10 to 12 episodes. Plus my exciting solo podcast. I know everybody loves them. But I got an art therapist coming on. I got a music, a so-called sonic therapist. Uh, I've got somebody who rode their bicycle across the United States. And uh, they're going to talk about that. I've got a guest uh, who traveled the whole world. Uh, become interesting people. And you might say, what does this have to do with education, Steve? And the answer is a lot. Because you, le- you can learn in so many different places. But no matter where you learn a lesson, you can apply it where it's most important to you. All right. Matthew, one last time. Thank you very much. I really appreciate it. This is Steve Green, the Make the Great Podcast, and we will see you next time.